Hello, Snap Survivors. Welcome back to After the Snap, the virtual refugee camp for all people that were affected by Thanos' iconic snap. Um, I'm Tasha Pierce, your host, and uh, today I'm going to jump right into it, talking about the Disney streaming service news. Uh, lately, We've been hearing a lot about what Disney has planned for their uh, streaming service as it relates to the MCU. This week, we've gotten that Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be getting a limited series for the Disney Play streaming service. This is the latest announcement for shows that may be uh, coming to the service. Earlier this month, we got uh, news about Loki, a series surrounding Loki. And also a series surrounding Scarlet Witch. The uh, Scarlet Witch one is is said to heavily feature Vision, and that makes sense. Um, hope hopefully they give us uh, the Lost Years after the events of Civil War, before the snap, and when they're globe trotting and stealing moments. That that could be like their relationship story. There. It would be a good love story. But uh, floating backwards in time to the uh, where we were talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I kind of am wondering how that is going to be set up. Like, will it be a buddy show? Will it be a lethal weapon type uh, vibe to that show? Um, Anthony Mackie does have comedic timing, and he's usually... A pretty funny guy when we've uh, when we've seen him on panels and Sebastian Stan would be the perfect straight guy if they decided to go the uh, the action comedy route so yes each one of these shows is expected to run from uh, six to eight episodes and they're gonna get the Kevin Feige treatment Kevin Feige is throwing a lot of money behind these series um, we're also hearing rumors that there's going to be a show that revolves around Hawkeye. And also, I heard a little tiny rumor that one uh, would be featuring Nick Fury, which would be great if they did that as a miniseries. And it was Nick Fury's big week in maybe six, seven episodes. And each day we see him as he's going through uh, discovering Iron Man and uh, Thor and Incredible Hope. That would be awesome to see them flesh that week out in uh, in a miniseries. So yeah, with all these shows on the horizon, you know, it just brings uh, one burning question to me, and that is, will they ever cross over with already existing shows? So like, if they do, that would be great because it would give me a reason to at least try to follow all of the shows. So if they do, will that mean that the TV characters could find opportunities to, to show up in the movies? And I guess that's almost a rhetorical question because I believe Marvel has stated in the past that they have uh, that they have characters that can be explored for TV and some that are off limits. They're only saving them for movies and they're avoiding... Uh, polluting the water I guess by not having those worlds collide too much so they would hate to establish something that's canon 
quote unquote canon that was never meant to be canon, you know. Uh, so bringing their movie characters to the small screen is just going to help flesh those characters out more. Uh, we're already familiar with them, so this is just giving their, their story, their backstory, a whole lot more body. Uh, we may be getting backstories or events that happen uh, directly before the snap, so the shows won't really mess up the timeline. So yeah, Marvel just keeps giving us uh, things to be excited about, and this uh, Disney streaming service is one of them. Uh, it is actually supposed to be launching at the end of next year so we should uh we should know exactly what we're getting with the disney streaming service before 2020 but one thing that they have said is the their initial years their subscription is going to cost less than what netflix costs us so again they're competing uh with Netflix for streaming and you know I think that there's a uh, room for both entities in the streaming war I guess but uh, Disney's catalog is so crazy it would be just impossible to uh, Disney can go back decades <laughs> and uh, I mean Netflix actually does not have bad content so if, if I had to choose, I would definitely take both. <laughs> I would figure out a way to pay for both. And the thing is, uh, as we're speaking about streaming services, uh, I wouldn't mind getting the DC, the DC, uh, DCU streaming service also because uh, they're coming out with some pretty decent content. Um, right now, I don't have it because... I want it on my mobile devices and all of my mobile devices are Amazon like the Kindles and the uh, Fires and they don't support that platform yet with DC so DC I kind of need you to get with it because I would have already subscribed if I would have been able to uh, download that on one of my Fires and I know there are somebody, some people out there saying well just get a real tablet. Well, this is a real tablet to me because I read a lot and uh, I'm an Amazon person. So we'll put it like that. I, I shop Amazon. I buy Amazon. I use Amazon products. So I am an Amazon person. I'm a, a, a very, very uh, loyal customer to Amazon. And I also have the Amazon Prime streaming service. So, you know, with us paying for so much streaming, so I'm, I pay for Amazon Prime, I pay for Netflix, um, I will be paying for the Disney streaming service, I pay for Hulu because I have to watch my Runaways, um, and we'll talk about that a little in just a little while because Runaways is going to be premiering, your second season starts on a December 21st, so the first season, in my opinion, was a... Uh, uh, a success it was a uh, you know the writers did a great job actually making everybody uh, have dimension so not just the kids who are the that you know who are all finding out 
that they have these dormant abilities, but they're not just uh, developing the children. They're giving the parents a little something to do too. In fact, the parents are a very uh, important part of the first season and understanding the first season and also why the children feel the way they do because um, in essence, these kids have all had pretty decent upbringings and then here we have this this uh, discovery of what, they, what their parents may be into on a side that's creating a, uh, it's creating an imbalance. It's creating a struggle within these kids of, you know, I love my, my mom and dad, but I also know what's right. And I don't think my parents are doing what's right. So if you haven't gotten into uh, Runaways, go ahead and subscribe to Hulu and just go ahead and get into it because the first episode, I'm telling you, it wasn't very, it wasn't disappointing. Um, and I believe the second episode, the, the second season of this series is going to be that much better. I think, uh, I think it's a must watch if you have, especially if you don't have time to do all 30 other series that are out there. The one that I personally am in uh, invested in as far as Marvel TV shows go is Runaways. I'm very invested into it and um, I like it. So now that I've went all the way off track, I don't even remember what we were talking about. I think it was streaming services. So we were talking about uh, I would get into the DC streaming service because they have the the uh, like the same kind of format they have Titans out right now now you know that's kind of uh, more aimed it's not aimed for my age demographic per se but I get into those types of television shows anyway it's not like it's a uh, I'm so old that I can't appreciate the fact that uh, this is Starfire and, and, and uh, Nightwing and so I, I appreciate those characters so I would appreciate the show um, I would I would love to get into it and possibly I'll just go ahead and download it on this laptop and, and just won't have it mobile but you know that's another at the end of it all we're going to be spending a lot of money on streaming services so um, if the content isn't right you know I'm going to start just deleting deleting people you know I've already said that I'm, a, I'm an Amazon person so it sounds as if Amazon is staying right so we know I'm keeping that um, Netflix has some awesome series travelers uh, there are a lot of series on Netflix that I get into and i um, the old stuff too oh, I have to have CBS all access because of discovery and short treks which of course I did say we're gonna get a, a a, a review of that short track when it comes out November 8th I am going to be on top of that review because that one that uh short track really looks interesting but back to the back to comic books where we where we started um, um yeah it just sounds like I'm gonna be spending a lot of money because even just trying to talk that through off the top of my head with with you with you all 
I was unable to come up with who I would who I would get rid of. Um, let's see my Netflix I'd keep. Amazon Prime I'd keep. Hulu I'm keeping. Then I would get the Disney streaming service and the DC streaming service. CBS All, All Access would really need to show me something with their new Star Trek series. Because that might be, you know, that uh, I think it's like $10 or $11 a month. That might be where I could save. Because as soon as Discovery stops airing new episodes, I could see myself just saying, okay, cancel the membership until Discovery starts again. So that's my thinking right now is that the only one that I could see myself living without is... uh, yeah, CBS All Access. And I just, I don't like the idea that they blackmailed me into getting that streaming service. They blackmailed me and I wasn't going to do it. But then, you know, oh, that day came. The day that Discovery came out, I was sitting here in my room and I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And the whole time my fingers were just starting that subscription. So I saw the first episode in real time. And I personally thought that Star Trek Discovery was a a great first season. Um, It had spotty moments. It was a little up and a little down. But for for the uh, most part... It was it was a good first season. I can't understand why people, especially people who are Trekkies and have been doing this for a long time. I don't understand how you people, just like these freaking Hydra agents with Marvel, I don't understand how you guys can pretend that almost all series started with a kind of funky first season and then things just picked up and and we were able to uh to to withstand the first season it wasn't so bad that we couldn't watch it it was unbearable and that's the way people are trying to act about discovery and that is not the truth discovery was not an unbearable first season so get off of your high horse you cardassians get off your high horses and watch Discovery. Damn it. Why don't you guys let me do that? I just got all off ta- all off topic again. Um, today, my big part of this uh, podcast was supposed to be about Bumblebee. And uh, what, what the heck happened to the Transformers franchise. But you know, I think I'm going to save that for my next episode because today I think I want to stay right here where we are which is not in any one freaking universe I've been all over the place but I really want to just stick around and uh end in this space that we're in right now because honestly you guys did not know that I was bipolar and that I would be all over the place like this because I kind of stick to the notes all the time I stick to my notes and I just move methodically. I do have a little bit of a personality. So I just say today, today will be the day that you see who I am. And it might be a good idea 
since I'm uh, I'm doing this this all over the place type thing if we if we talk about Infinity War because the name of the show is after the snap so you guys know what the snap is apparently so um, we're gonna talk about how I felt when I watched Infinity War and and I'm pretty sure that it's a story that you all have all experienced yourselves it was I was amazed at what the Russo brothers did with this uh, with the story they just pulled all the strings because they're all connected they pulled all the strings and they came up with the tightest ending that they could possibly come up with and I won't like give because I've got family who have not seen Infinity War so like my brother-in-law and my sister I call them once a week at least and I'm like have you guys watched Infinity War they tell me no I don't even want to talk to them no more I'm just gonna hang up but no just kidding but they they uh they haven't seen it so um I'm not gonna spoil it for them because I know they're listening to this podcast because they are uh, supportive of me and all the things that I put my fingers in and I put my fingers in a lot so I won't give away a lot today as a matter of fact there's coming a day that I'm going to spill all the beans and it's probably going to be within a week or so but um, Infinity War made me realize just how long this journey has been like I can remember taking my son and my nephew and they were little people to go see uh, Iron Man how excited I was to, to take them to this movie and tell them about how this is stuff that I was into when I was young you know and then they brought it to life in such a way that even when the kids were going through that stage where they really didn't want to be around me, uh, going through their teenage phases, they that I would still go to these movies by myself, and I could sit through the movies once and and uh, watch it for enjoyment, and then go back a second time to watch it to see what I missed the first time when I was enjoying the movie, and um, it's been like that and. It, you know, from the point of Iron Man all the way up till Black Panther. And when I mean, when I got to Black Panther, and, and I'm going to tell you, uh, that movie touched me in a different way. So Black Panther touched me in a different way because I'm African American, A, but uh, B, the way that it it portrayed the women in that movie as of having strength. So, yes, you know, this is their king, but when their father, when his father spoke to him on the ancestral plane and said, it's hard for a good man to be a good king. And he said, surround yourself with people you trust. T'Challa goes back to Wakanda and who does he surround himself with? 
strong women. And he could have picked anybody in Wakanda. Anybody. And he chose strong women to be his right and his left and to have his back. And they did. And because of that relationship, that dynamic between him and the women in his uh, in his community, they were able to do big things. And a whole, the Dora Milaje, come on. I'm telling you, they exemplified strength. They fought hard and earnestly just as much as a man better than most better than the men because they ended up winning the war now i'm not trying to say this in a way that oh male female thing but when you have been relegated most of your life to seeing women who look like you be a maid or be uh loud brash ghetto or just being a, a over-the-top caricature when you get to see women that look like you exemplify strength when you've only had those other examples I'm not gonna say only but when most of the time especially in award-winning performances it's never nothing good so uh, when you've had that over 30 40 years of your life and then you see this men and women getting along black men and women getting along um, the black women exemplifying and exuding strength demanding and commanding respect uh, being respectful when you see that that was just like I had to go see that movie about five times at the movies because I couldn't believe that this is what I'm getting. And I'm, I'm actually getting it with a superhero that looks like my son, you know? So not trying to make it into uh, that type of, type of show, but it's, it's gonna possibly have to be that type of show because I am an African-American woman. So, uh, there was that and I didn't think anything could get better than that I did see Thor Ragnarok I think twice at the movies I, I, I had to have seen Black Panther five times at the movies I went to the movies to see Thor Ragnarok twice and uh and, and then there was Infinity War and uh <laughs> Infinity War through me for such a loop I think I went to see it at the movies four times and then you know just as soon as it came out because I still haven't purchased Black Panther digitally and I'm going to because I, I, I need to just go ahead and complete the complete the set you know so um yeah as soon as I as soon as I uh <laughs> I saw Infinity War, I I think I said on my Facebook page that I went back the next day, but it might have been that evening. I think I, I went to go see it um, very early in the morning, and I think I went back when my son got off work and I went to see it again. 
and then the next day I saw it again so that was three times in one week and then I, I know I went at least one more time at the movies and that has been really what I've been thinking about that's the last movie that is just stuck in my head and I cannot get over how well they uh, they developed Thanos into a, sep- a sympathetic villain um, kind of eco-terrorist type but a sequel but sympathetic you understood why he felt the way he did but you were thinking to yourself the whole time you've got this gauntlet you can do it a million different ways why do you have to do it this way so uh, there was that then you got to see uh, daddy issues daddy issues get played out um, I mean that daddy issues have been being played out over uh, most of these movies anyway but uh, in the end I saw Tony Stark being the father figure of Peter Parker and uh, having to watch what happened to him uh, and it gave you a different perception of uh, a different uh, perception of Tony Stark you know we did see we've seen him mature over the course of these movies and uh, his his way of life was slowly changing from being that uh, billionaire playboy to coming around to being a family man so that was the to see that growth culminate into that moment when uh when Peter Parker when what happened to him happened then uh you got a whole new feeling for Tony you got a whole new feeling for Thanos when 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 he had to make that decision with Gamora uh you had a whole new feeling for Loki when he had to make uh the choice that he made at the beginning of the movie uh it was the characters were so full I'll say that and it was not it was nothing left unaddressed that I'm sure besides besides the obvious and I'm pretty sure we're gonna see um, a lot of what did not get resolved in Infinity War be resolved in Avengers 4. And I've been thinking, okay, so most people are going with Avengers 4 being called Avengers Annihilation. Most people. There have been some outlets that have said Avengers Anarchy. But what about Aftermath? Of Avengers Aftermath. Do you... Do you guys think that's a possibility? Or am I just like, because of this whole AA thing, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of grasping at straws. So I can't wait till that trailer comes out to see what the name of this freaking movie is because I'm tired of speculating. Because you see, like, the problem with my speculating is that it's much like this conversation has been. It's all over the place. It's like one minute I'm thinking, okay, 
uh, time travel. And I'm thinking, uh, boy, I'm, I think I'm giving away too much to people who may not have watched it. And I know uh, for the most part, people have watched it. I need my sister and her husband to watch this film so we can really go deep into uh, theories because I want to uh, devote a whole episode to my latest theory because I have a million of them. I write them down because I want to recount them and then I sit and think some more and and uh, I come up with something else. So, um, yeah, I need them to watch the movie. I'm giving them a week. But uh, outside of that, you know, we can talk a little bit about Doctor Strange and what we think. Uh, can I do that without spoiling anything? I'll say this. I believe that there was more to what Doctor Strange was doing when he went into that little uh, meditative trance. I believe there was more to what he was doing than met the eye. And I'm certain that there are a multitude of uh, Marvel fans who feel the same way. That there is no way, and Thanos said it, you had your greatest weapon and you didn't even use it. And how could he be so sure? So that will be the question that that I'm going to leave this segment with. I'm going to leave this segment with, how could Thanos be so sure that Doctor Strange did not use his greatest weapon? Um... So yeah, I guess it's gonna, I'm gonna wrap up because usually I've been keeping them, keeping these episodes at 30 minutes. I, I uh, have a plans for the future of having a few guest hosts. I've got some friends in faraway places who uh, will join me probably via Skype, where we can really get into some stuff. Because uh, you know, hearing me talk is one thing, and uh, for the most part, going forward. I may come off the cuff like this uh, a few times, but for the most part, I will try to stick to uh, my notes, what I've got written down so that I don't get all off track like this. But when I have a guest, you know, there may be some notes, but we're just going to go with the flow. And I've got quite a few very knowledgeable friends who are uh, Marvel fans first, but we also will delve into uh, other other cinematic universes so that's why I I kind of uh, keep my eye on what's going on with DC and I kind of keep my eye on Star Trek not only am I a fan of those those two uh, properties anyway I uh, I still want to share those types of stories as well or that that type of information or just to talk about the characters and uh, and different ways in which those characters have been fleshed out and should be fleshed out. We'll say that. And um, so, yeah, Star Trek. I'm not big on Star Wars, but I may have a guest or two who are. So they may be uh, may be able to, to bring me over to the uh, to the dark side. <laughs> but uh, also uh, the What's his name? M. Night Shyamalan. I think I'm saying his name Shyamalan. 
I think I'm saying his right, name right, but you know, he kind of has a mini verse in, in his uh, movies Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. And I hope to do an episode in the future on those. So yes, just letting you know that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna build out content based upon you know what's moving, what's shaking, and uh, hopefully you guys stay along for the ride. I thank you so much for listening to the fourth installment of After the Snap. I see some new refugees coming in. I know this this little trope is getting a little old, but. It's always somebody new coming into the campsite. So I've got to go do my host duties there. Hopefully I'll see you on the next installment and I'll catch you on the flip.